be still and know that I'm God. Let go, relax, cease striving, be calm, be still. And it's wonderful when you read the Bible to think, what am I going to do in response to the Bible? You know, God is saying there's an invitation to be still and know. So what am I going to do to be still? So I was reading these verses earlier in the year and thought, you know, I need to be still and know. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I like cycling. When I cycle, it's a good place for me to feel I'm being still. And so I thought, right, I'm going to go from central London and and cycle to Plumstead. Around about 12-mile cycle ride, I I just got a new bike. And I thought, this is going to be a time to be still and to know. And instead of being still and knowing that God is God, the moment I stopped, the moment I decided to be still, the reality of my internal world caught me up. And I suddenly realised that uh, instead of stillness, I realised, wow, there's a lot of anxiety going on in here. You know, as soon as I stopped the busyness, as soon as I stopped the activity... As soon as I stopped the rushing around and getting stuff done, as soon as I decided to be still, I realised, wow, this anxiety is a lifestyle going on. I think it can be life in the city. I mean, if you commute, hour and a half there, hour and a half back, you get back, you do all the routine, you get up early, you go again, you go again... You go on holidays, and the holidays are super organised. You go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And how many of us really ever have moments to stop, be still, be calm, and realise what's truly going on inside? And it's only when we look at a topic like calm and stillness, it's only when we make the decision to cultivate calm and stillness that we actually realise the truth of what's going on and we realise suddenly that anxiety is a big part of who we are and who and how we live. So we can live stressed out most of the time, managing different priorities, hardly ever present. And for some of us, the idea of I'm going to be still and going to be calm, we can think, I don't even want to stop. Because I don't really, really want to face the fact that anxiety, that fear, that worry, that stress actually plays a big part in my life. So sometimes we can think, right, I'm just going to keep busy, keep busy, keep busy doing stuff, all the time distracted, so I don't have to face the fact of what's truly going on in my heart. And so we manage the different priorities. Somebody said recently, because of smartphones, we're hardly ever bored. (laughs) Because it used to be, you're in the Chinese waiting for your food, and you waited, and you were at least still for a moment. Now, you can catch up on the fact that Ipswich Town just won four games in a row. The first time in 17 years. They start, start the season like this. So instead of being still, you're in watching, watching, the, watching the results. Hardly ever present. You're, you, you're reading maybe the Bible on your phone and Facebook pings. And before you know it, you've gone to, another, you've gone to that app. Hardly ever present, easily distracted. 
And so one of the great enemy blocks to being still, to being calm, is the fact that if I honestly create a clutter-free space, then I'm going to suddenly realise the truth about my life, how tired, scared, confused, irritated, frustrated and overwhelmed I really am. So instead of facing that, we choose to be busy. But this psalm has an answer to letting go of anxiety as a lifestyle and it has an answer to living not just on holidays but in life with a calmness and a stillness and the peace and the shalom of God. That God in this psalm is saying there is a way of living where you can be quiet, where you don't have to fill every waking moment with something, where you can just be, and just being is not going to be an overwhelming experience. That we don't have to live all the time distracted. That we don't have to live all the time with over-organised leisure and busyness. That actually we can go on holiday and enjoy holidays. How many of you have been on holiday and found actually that going on holiday was the most difficult thing you've ever done? (laughs) Yeah? Again, you're suddenly on holiday and you're in this ideal, idyllic place and suddenly all those thoughts come rushing in. And you think, I took it all with me! (laughs) That sudden moment where it wasn't my circumstances and it wasn't the people in my life and it wasn't the environment it was me and I've taken it with me on holiday and there's an answer in this psalm of actually how we can live life how we can do rest and how we can do holidays and how we can do a rhythm of life where there is rest and calm built into it and the first thing I want to do is look at calm and then I want to look at stillness calm is a mental attitude and it's a decision and it's a practice and it's a habit to always bring in God's perspective on absolutely everything you face. Amen. One of my, I, I love making declarations. I love making declarations. And one of my declarations is this. I am, my, I am responsible for renewing my mind and changing the way I think. I'm responsible for living from the reality that I have a resurrected spirit. And so, so many things in the kingdom, so many good things in the kingdom like calm and like stillness are accessible only through changing the way we think. Through developing new habits, new decisions and new practices. That calm and stillness is birthed in a decision to say, I'm going to see everything from the perspective of heaven, from the perspective of God, and view things the way God views them. One of the truths I discovered about God that I found absolutely frustrating was that God doesn't do magic. (laughs) I wanted God to be the magic zapping kind of God. So when I'm anxious as a lifestyle, he'll zap and I move into calm and stillness. God doesn't zap. God doesn't, didn't zap people from the promise or the desert into the promised land. He fought with them, he fought in front of them, he did the miraculous, but they had to cross the Jordan, they had to face giants, they had to have another perspective. Yes. 
and calm and stillness is birthed in, I'm going to see things from God's perspective. That when I'm facing complicated, disturbed situations, when there's speculations, and that's what it talks about in um, Corinthians, what uh, the weapons of warfare pull down speculations. You know, like someone's late from school, and instead of thinking maybe their head teacher has brought them in the office because he wants to reward them for their good work, our speculations is. They're being kidnapped. That's a speculation. That's an immediate response to think something bad has happened. So it's a decision to say, I want to see how God sees things. I want to view life the way God views life. And Psalm 46 says, he's an ever-present help. He's a refuge and a strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, solid logic, I will not fear Though everything, the earth, everything is crumbling, even things that look really strong are falling in the heart of the sea. I'm going to have another perspective. God is near. God is accessible. God is a safe place to hide. God is a tried and tested refuge. And I was thinking this morning about how many uh, weeks and years and days since I've known him, that he's always provided, always made a way, always had a solution, always given wisdom, always made a way where there wasn't a way, countless time over 30 30 decades. Have I really been alive that long? Have I really been alive that long? (laughs) Three decades. That the solid logic says, God is like this, God loves me, God is for me, God is able, he makes wars cease, he breaks the spear, he shatters the shield, he's the, he's the, he's the great king, the creator. Solid logic says, therefore, I will not fear. And that's how you renew the mind. You, you, you step back from what your emotions are telling you. And you say, not everything I feel is the truth. It's Truth, but it's not the truth. And everything we feel sits on a foundation of the way we believe, the way we see the world, the lenses we look through. If we believe that we are our own saviour, that we look after ourselves, that we provide for ourselves, that we protect for ourselves, that we establish our own identity through what we do and what we achieve, that worldview, that way of seeing, that lens, that belief system will cultivate and create anxiety. So it will feel true that I'm not safe. It will feel true that I'm vulnerable. It will feel true. But the truth is, I don't need to fear because God is a wonderful hiding place, a wonderful provider, a strong tower. And so trust leads to an inner world of calm. And so sometimes we hear news and our first response is to freak out. So someone walks in the office and says, have you heard, well I haven't heard directly but I heard someone else say, well they were making tea around the photocopier, I heard someone talk about cutbacks. Cutbacks! It's contagious. Who said cutbacks? Cutbacks! 
Redundancy. Gonna lose my house. See, that's how that dog was. That's 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 a response from that dog there. <laughs> but when we change the way we think, when we renew our minds with uh, an attitude and a perspective of calm based on the truth, we can say things like. Um, I'm not going to be quick to respond here. Do we have enough information yet? Do, do we know everything we need to know yet? Have we heard that yet from the management, or is that just a rumour that's going around? I think I need more information about this before I'm going to have a response. It's, will actually anxiety help? Even if it were true... How many times have we honestly found that freaking out about it has actually solved it? It, it, it never does. And so it's a, it's a way of seeing the world that's, that's submitting to truth, that's submitting to a revelation of God. It's recognising that God is a far better answer than our anxious answers, that he is sufficient, that he is equal, that we pause and connect to God. And it says there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And so whatever we're going through in life, when it's, when it's rumours, when it's speculations, when it's even true things are shaking, and it is shaking and it is difficult, having a mindset, a lens that enables us to maintain an attitude of calm so that we have the time before freaking out and getting anxious and our mouths just run out. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are. In those moments, what we say, James says, is like in rudder. It's steering us. It's taking us somewhere. It's, it's taking us in a direction that maybe we, we don't want to go in. And that our tongue takes us into a place of anxiety, whereas calm takes us into a place of connecting to the river. The river brings joy. The river brings delight. There is a river. Calm is the key to connecting to the river. It's stepping back as I'm going to connect to God. It's hearing news and running into the toilet at work. And you're not even going to speak. You're just going to lift your hands and say, I want to connect to you. You're an ever-present help. You're an ever-present help. You're near me right now. You're ever-present. You're near me. You're my Siamese twin. (laughs) You're closer than the air I breathe. You're closer than my skin. You're right there with me. I need some wisdom. You say you give wisdom without finding fault. I need some ideas. I need some perspective. I need to hear your voice. The river brings joy, brings delight. What I sometimes do, which is fun and it's a great use of a smartphone, is I preach to myself on a a message in an app. And then when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I play back my own voice speaking to me when I had a better perspective. (laughs) We need to hear good news. That's how we got saved. Somebody told you some good news and you believed it. So I need to be the biggest preacher of good news in my life. And if if I've not got the capacity in the moment, then I've got an app that will speak back to me, my own voice, and say, these are your priorities for the year. This is what to do in this situation. So I can hear my own voice and say, wow, that's right. (laughs) Psychologist and writer Harriet Lerner says, 
Anxiety is extremely contagious, but so is calm. Do you want to infect people with more anxiety or heal ourselves and the world around us with calm? See, I think one of the greatest ways that we can uh, evangelise the world and bring good news to the world is make everybody around us incredibly jealous of what we have. So when people are worried and anxious and we've got an inner world of calm, let them come and ask us, where did you get the inner world of calm from? Tell me about your life. Why do you respond differently? Why does your mouth not go off into anxiety? What's going on with you? And get them to ask us questions about the life that we have. Amen. Because sometimes if we're, if we're wanting to tell them something but they don't see something, it looks like a contradiction. Let them almost beg. I know somebody who, who does that and then when they ask, he says, I'm not telling you. <laughs> And eventually he will when they're hungry enough and desperate enough. <laughs> Finally, stillness. That stillness, let, be still and know that I am God. That stillness is ceasing to strive and it's ceasing to resist. And sometimes we can be like this. It's the enemy... He's, he's coming after me and this is happening and I've got to bind this and I'm going to loose that and I'm going to shake, shout at that. I'm going to rebuke everything around me. Well, maybe the biggest thing we could do is stop resisting God. Amen. It's, a, it's a humbling moment when you realise the biggest issue in my life is I don't really trust him. I don't believe what he says about himself and I don't believe what he says about me and I'm not believing what he says about the people in my life and I don't believe what he says about my circumstances and then I blame the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know, is that working for anybody? (laughs) Steve Backlund says, he said, I needed to turn my spiritual guns inwards because he says, I was so busy binding and rebuking that I broke my rebuker. (laughs) But he needed to turn the guns inwards and say, do I really believe who God is and what God says? This is a directive. Be still and know. Resist. Stop resisting God and choose to stop. Be silent and surrender. He's saying, I now consider myself safe. Consider myself safe. I'm home. I'm provided for. I'm protected. And that's where sometimes the emotions can scream out and say, that's not the truth. The truth is you're scared and you're vulnerable and you're not protected and you have to save yourself. You say, no, no, no. That's a truth based on what I have believed. But now I'm going to be like David facing Goliath. I've got some stones in my hand. I'm taking that giant of unbelief down and I'm going to cut its head off with his own sword because that's what I've felt. But what's true is I'm the most protected person on the planet. I'm cared for and looked after by the Father. I consider myself safe. I live in the smile of God. It's a practice that says I'm not going to take myself so seriously. 
I'm no one's saviour, nor even my own. I've been rescued. Cultivating calm and stillness is a means of submission. In the moment of submission, in the moment of trust, is when we get to see, get to experience, get to encounter God. It's the moment where we say, I'm unstringing the bow. You know, in archery, I don't know anything about archery, but I've heard that if you leave the, the, the strings on the bow all the time, the bow actually loses its strength. That it's always bent into the, uh, into the bow, and then you come to use it and it doesn't have any strength. Being still and knowing that God is God is when you take the strings off and you let the bow rest. Where you don't take yourself too seriously, where you stop. Sometimes Christians, we say this a lot, C.S. Lewis says that temptation comes in pairs. There can be, for example, the temptation to be super passive or the temptation to be incredibly intense. And so believers who are incredibly intense about pursuing God can sometimes fall into the trap of being very um, self-critical, debilitating self-criticism, intensity, introspection, always finding fault with themselves. And being still and knowing is saying, I'm laying aside that intensity that leads to debilitating introspection and self-critical. I'm considering myself safe. That his dream is me living at my very best and he wants it more than I do. I'm being still and knowing that he is God. I'm being still and knowing that he is at work in my heart, that grace is doing something. Being still and knowing is where we cultivate regularly times where we um, create a clearing, where we feel, imagine and dream, where we're receptive to God, where we celebrate with awe and wonder. Being still and knowing isn't just about holidays and leisure time. It's about um, a practice that we're doing all the time, that every day we're creating moments of stillness, of recognition. He is God and I'm not God. He is good. He protects me. He's the saviour. I live in his smile. It's not a destination we reach. We're not saying, well, when all my circumstances are sorted, when everything is going the way I want it to go, when all the people in my life are doing just what I want them to do when I want them to do it, when everything is fine, then I'll be still and know. Actually, Psalm 46 says, in the midst of everything, I can be still and know. It's not about getting to a perfect set of circumstances. It's not about when we feel we've got a perfect place of maturity. It's not when we feel sorted about everything. We can be still and know in the midst of absolutely everything. Nehemiah said, we're going to know, the, we're going to know a time of celebration even before the gates are fitted on the city. Even before it's finished, we're going to celebrate because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We're going to get joy in this moment that's going to take us further to complete the task. In the midst of incomplete projects, incomplete answers and difficult situations, we can be still and know. It's not about the the amount of time we have, but the quality of time that we have. It's time to step away from everyday tasks. It's time to step away from technology. And it's a practice. It's a habit we cultivate. So the first time I went on this cycle ride, it was a disaster. My world caught me up. The second time I went and said, right, I'm going to go again, because... 
It's the things we practice, it's the habits, it's the things we do over and over again that change us in response to God. The second time I, 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 I went, God said, I thought the idea of today was to be still and know that I'm God. I think it would have been a better day if you had not just spoken at me all day to get an answer to something. I think the day would have gone better. Good point. Because I had, I had pretty much for two and a half hours incessantly babbled to him about, I need an answer to this, these are the issues, these are the problems, what's your thoughts? Oh, if you're not speaking, I'll come up with an answer. <laughs> not really very still and knowing. But I thought, I'm going to go again. And this time I said, I will not say a word after we cross that street. (laughs) I'm not going to say a word. Two hours in, he draws my attention to something. And I, I don't know how long it was, but it was really insightful, wonderful wisdom that you could only expect from God. Affirming, confirming, encouraging, building up. I thought, well, that was a practice of... I got it wrong, got it wrong, didn't work, but let's go again. So I think the first time we're saying I'm going to be still and know, our world catches us up. The reality for often for many of us is anxiety has been a lifestyle and that's just caught me up. But instead of saying this doesn't work, we say I'm going to go again, I'm going to go again, I'm going to cultivate, I'm going to create these clearings where I'm still and know. As someone once says, you don't make a path through a forest by walking through it once. So we're we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. We change the way we think. We do it enough, it becomes a new habit and we create a brand new stronghold that's wonderfully positive and wonderfully peace-producing where we find actually my inner world is calm I'm creating stillness. I'm living in the smile of God. I'm consciously aware of it. Yeah, I'm going to pray for us. Yeah, God, I pray for us as a group of people that, God, you would give creativity and ideas to each person about what does it mean for them to be still and know. What does it mean for them? Is it a walk in the country? Is it a a walk in the city? Is it making a cake? Is it building something? Is it on a cycle ride? Is it with friends talking, chatting? What does stillness look like? I pray for creativity and real freedom to engage with you in, in a whole, uh, many, many different ways. You know, I pray God for peace even right now to any of us who just think actually anxiety is a huge part of my lifestyle. And I pray that, that peace would be your lifestyle and calm would be your lifestyle. And, and God, we just come as well to where there's not just speculations, but there are real things happening right now that are disturbing. And we, we say, God of wisdom, even let ideas and wisdom come and solutions come that you've not thought about for your work situation or your home situation, where you feel actually the mountains are shaking and things are quaking. We just invite wisdom to come and insight to come and ideas from God to come. The right, right in your situation now, just decide I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm not going to take counsel in my own soul. I'm not going to direct my own paths, but I'm going to ask you to lead, guide and direct me and keep me on track. That, that, that's your responsibility, Jesus. One of my favourite declarations is, today I invite Jesus to be the umpire of my mind, to settle with finality all issues and all controversy that arises in my thinking. 
That, that's how you can be still in the midst of anxiety and worry and things that press in. Say, I will not solve this myself, but I look to you to solve it. So we, we say peace. We say freedom from anxiety and irritation and frustration. We say calm of God, come in more and more as you submit, surrender and rest in him. Amen.